Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then talk about it. This is page 849. Sky ahead of me. I took it for a farmhouse at first. Then I heard a faint strain of music and my hopes for a bed and a hearth-hot meal began to rise. But as I came around a curve in the road, I found a surprise better than any roadside inn. Through the trees, I saw a tall campfire flickering between two achingly familiar wagons. Men and women lounged about, talking. One strummed a lute, while another tapped a small tabor idly against his leg. Others were pitching a tent between two trees, while an older woman set a tripod over the fire. Troopers. What's better, I recognized familiar markings on the side of one of the wagons. To me, they stood out more brightly than the fire. Those signs meant that these were true troopers. My family, the Edema Ru. As I stepped from the trees, one of the men gave a shout, and before I could draw a breath to speak, there were three swords pointing at me. The sudden stillness after the music and chatter was more than slightly unnerving. A handsome man with a black beard and a silver earring took a slow step forward, never taking the tip of his sword off my eye. Otto, he shouted into the woods behind me. If you're napping, I swear on my mother's milk, I'll gut you. Who the hell are you? The last was directed at me. But before I could respond, a voice came out of the trees. I'm right here, Aleg, as... Who's that? How in God's name did he get past me? When they'd drawn their swords on me, I'd raised my hands. It's a good habit to have when anyone points something sharp at you. Nevertheless, I was smiling as I spoke. Sorry to startle you, Aleg. Save it, he said coldly. You have one breath left to tell me why you were sneaking around our camp. I had no need to talk, and instead turned so everyone by the fire could see the loot case slung across my back. The change in Alec's attitude was immediate. He relaxed and sheathed his sword. The others followed suit as he smiled and approached me, laughing. I laughed, too. One family. One family. He shook my hand and turned toward the fire, shouting, Best behavior, everyone! We have a guest tonight! There was a low cheer, and everyone went busily back to whatever they had been doing before I arrived. A thick-bodied man wearing a sword stomped out of the trees. I'll be damned if he came past me, Alec. He's probably from... He's from our family. Alec interjected smoothly. Oh, Otto said, obviously taken aback. He looked at my loot. Welcome, then. That's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jeremy. And Jordana, still away. Pursuing those big Broadway dreams. What jumps out to me is the moment where he says, I was smiling as I spoke. Story to startle you, Alec. And what we don't get, what we don't, you know, what we aren't privy to, and you only really notice this if you're looking for it, is the fact that Quoth doesn't tell us if or what emotion is behind it or if he's performing. And I put to you that he's performing throughout. Um, I don't think that he is yet because his emotional valence earlier on the page seems genuinely pleased to see them. He hasn't yet decided that they are not to be trusted. Perhaps. There's one thing on this page. Uh, you may have noticed I put an odd pause in there. That's because there is what seems to me an improper comma. In my book, the printing is as, is as follows. But as I came around a curve in the road, comma, I, comma, found a surprise better than any roadside inn. So I think that's a misprint. Is that in your book, Jeremy? It's not in my book, so well, I suspect that it is go. indeed misprint a misprint. Misprint it is. Uh, and a misprinted comma should, of course, mean death. Yes, uh, I I feel that, so. I mean, I again, it's deniable, but I like to read it that Kvothe intentionally slipped past the the guard to get a closer look before he allowed himself to be revealed. I don't, and you know, again, we're not told 
what's happening. He says he came around a curve in the road, found the surprise. He stepped from the trees. Yeah. So hang on. We actually we have a uh, we have a little time skip here because he goes around the curve in the road and he's pleased to discover the uh, the troop, but he also perhaps puts together that there's the campfire flickering between the achingly familiar wagons where, you know, smoke is rising from. So he's maybe going, something's odd here. I'm going to go take a closer look before presenting myself. And then he's in the trees. He's no longer on the road. So we actually do have a little bit of a time skip and uh, narrator Quoth doesn't point that out to us. Um, or you could simply read it as like, he's on a curve in the road. And of course they haven't made camp on the road. They've made camp by off the road through the trees. So he just has to come through the trees to come do the camp. I suppose so. And you could also take it that he's just so naturally stealthy that, and, you know, wearing his shade that the... Uh, he says on the next page that the guy probably didn't see him because he's wearing his shade, which makes him really hard to spot. He probably didn't see it, but also he maybe was uh, taking 10, as they say. <sighs> so, listener, all of which is to say you can read this that Quoth has picked up from them right from the jump, or you can read it that he picks up on it later on. And I think that that's the reading that I take. And But I am kind of looking for the point at which he decides that they're not to be trusted. And it's possible that when he's explaining to the reader what is going on, he's going to say, I knew that they were off after X. But it's also worth kind of paying attention to how well the these these guys perform as edema raw and it's interesting to me like when he sees them they're lounging around talking one and they are like one of them is like strumming a lute and one is like tapping a tabor idly against his leg so like they do seem committed to the bit right they are like they are like good enough musicians that they're like sitting around like practicing or like noodling around on their instruments there's a uh there's a f- so I'm going to also pull up some evidence from the internet as we as we encounter the moments because I think it's worth going through point by point at all of the uh, all of the little moments where the the rust slip up because um, I think it's really interesting and fun. So uh, another moment here is that Quoth sees a large fire burning in the middle of their uh, of their camp, and in the story he tells he writes that. Uh, they hide their fire in a well-dug pit, uh, and they the old man noticed he couldn't smell a wisp of smoke either, as these folk were burning rental wood. So the uh, yeah, their fire was deep in a concealing pit, so the beggar couldn't see much of what was being done. He asked, why do you hide your fire? His host sighed, not all folk are filled with love for us. So there's the smoke and there's the fire, which is built incorrectly. It seems to me that uh, the false troopers know only the like a few of the traditions uh, and not enough of them and we'll go through throughout i'm, I'm going to try to not miss anything but that's one of the other things i like about this sequence that there's a ton of little moments that could be clues mm-hmm. and it seems like they probably know the stuff that most anyone who's like more than passingly familiar with the room might know like oh like this is how they greet each other but they don't know the like the real like in-group stuff you know in the same way that like i know that my jewish friends who keep kosher can't eat certain things, but I don't necessarily know like all the stories behind the high holy days. And I don't necessarily know like what you're supposed to eat on each of those days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of things that even, you know, after these many, many uh, rereads, there's a lot of things that I didn't notice 
and hadn't noticed until now and only after uh, reading this again. Mm-hmm. I think now, I think that one reason why why we might why Quoth might not yet have made up his mind that they're not right is that maybe not all Ra keep to these very strict traditions in the same way that many of my Jewish friends don't keep kosher. You know what I mean? Like I think there's like probably degrees of orthodoxy around these traditions that some people maybe aren't as uh, strict about. It's possible. I think I've talked about this before. Um, There's not a ton of evidence that Kvothe ever met other Ra outside his troop when he was Mm -hmm. young. Maybe they did every now and then, but there's not a lot of talk about it. And I've put forward prior that like, what if they're not so off? Like what if other troop are like some troops do kind of buy into it? Like there's, doesn't seem like there's a ton of cultural cross contamination, so to speak. So who's to say that Quoth's troop weren't just the outliers? And yeah. Another, maybe his, his troop is like uniquely traditional. Yeah. They're like in the Mandalorian, how they're like a weird sect of ultra Orthodox Mandalorians. And then there's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the more, the more, uh, <laughs> the more, reform uh, yeah there's uh, the reform mandalorians who are okay with taking off helmets and and stuff like that so there's that's a clue that the fire is burning uh full on and it's sending up white smoke another clue that's perhaps a little more clear is that they're not friendly right away they're immediately drawing swords and yeah they're them. armed they're yeah. all like they all have swords yeah i think one of quoth's troop wore a yeah. knife right but they yeah there was all... like the one guy who was like a ranger but the rest of them didn't seem to go armed. Yeah. Ranger. And then I think I think the first textual clue that these people are sus is Alec, the guy comes out of the streets, he's like, you know, he starts talking and his boss goes, he's from our family, right? Like, he's like, he's like doing the verbal equivalent of like, you know, making the like cut it out gesture across his throat. Like, he's from our family. Be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, I kind of think that's why he also shouts to the rest of the camp. Like we have a guest, be on your best behavior. Yeah, well, also be on your best behavior is interestingly double tongued too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, who's to say that they weren't also sharpening their knives to kill Quoth, right? Like uh, I think they, the reason that they, that they assume the identity of Ra is that they assume that all Ra are basically bandits also and would be okay with the exactly. kind of nasty stuff. Yeah, they do. Cause once he fought, like he pretty quickly, like, well, we'll talk about it on the next page. But yes, I think that they do assume that all the worst things they believe about the Ra are true. And so they think the Quoth will be like down with them. All right, let's move on to the next page because I've got a lot of good good evidence mounting up here that the other things that they do wrong. And I want to get to We it. might even see a return of simple country lawyer uh, presenting his case to the pro- to the defense. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, right now I'm, uh, I'm simply simple country law clerk. Hmm. I'm sort of a small town law clerk, you know, I'm, I'm small town, but still cosmopolitan law clerk, but I'm summering in the simple country law firm, you know, and I've met a, uh, a country lass who, who has caught my eye and tickled my fancy, but I'm ever so busy with my nose and my ledgers. Is she going to teach you her simple country folk ways and show you the true meaning of Christmas? Perhaps. And then perhaps I'll also teach her uh, something of uh, city life. Uh, don't you know we have something to offer each of us either way it'll be a summer that neither of us will ever forget on tomorrow's page of the wind